Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, brought to you by Crack Rackets. My name is a sick Max Fleekner. No, bro, this is the Great Shot Podcast, brought to you by Crack Rackets. My name is Alex Gruskin. Obviously, I'm having a little fun at the expense of our super producer, Ivy League champion, and full-time chemist, Max Fleekner, who's also in the building. Max, hey, Great Shot. <coughs> oh, you dude. <laughs> How am I ever going to use this mic again? You literally just coughed right into it. Whatever. Leave it in, Fliegner. Uh But yeah, we I am coming to you live from our hotel room in Chicago where we are for this weekend's Labor Cup event. Fliegner and I are fortunate enough to be here this weekend. And, you know, I'm a little, a little butthurt because we didn't get any press passes. But nevertheless, we will be there. We will be watching the action. And we are recording this Saturday morning before day two begins. What we're going to be doing over this weekend is we're going to be giving daily recaps. These will be short episodes. A lot of it, you know, our super producer Westoff likes to joke that he's just waiting for me to start doing Rush Limbaugh-style uh, segments where it's just me talking on end for about, you know, he's looking for two hours. In this instance, we're going to go for about 15 minutes. Maybe he's not looking for two hours, but I could certainly go for two hours. But as I mentioned, you know, Fligner and I were at Labor Cup. He wasn't here yesterday. I was. So on this podcast, I'm going to be recapping the day one matches, and then Fligner will come in at the end and talk about the day two matches that we're most excited to see. Uh, so let's get right started. Let's talk with the first match they played. Actually, before we talk about the matches, let me set the scene for you guys. So obviously, I drove into Chicago. Uh, it's about a three and a half, four hour drive for me. Four hours, I swear I wasn't speeding, Mom. And it was, you know, it was a fine drive. I enjoyed myself. I listened to a couple podcasts, got to throw in the Jonathan Kelly American State of the Union podcast, which if you haven't, go listen to now. And then, you know, you pull up at the United Center and... I mean, for those who don't know, the United Center, home of the Chicago Bulls, home of the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, so many Chicago sporting events played there. It is a legitimate facility, and boy, was it cool to see tennis dominated. You have Labor Cup posters everywhere as you're driving up to the scene. You know, once you get on the grounds, they have both the stadium inside the United Center with... You know, so many, what whatever you could want, any you know, any gear you want to buy, the food. Well, we can talk about the food prices later on because it is ridiculous. That may be my one qualm with this event. But then outdoors, you have little mini courts where people can play tennis. You have the fan zone where people can go see what the court looks like. They can go have a little closer access to the players. Obviously, food is everywhere. So many great things you can have. They've got these lounge chairs you can sit in right outside the stadium with a big screen of the action going on inside. I won't lie, they're repeating the same video every 15 minutes, so I've seen that thing at least 20 times by now, and to be honest, I'm a little over Rod Laver, I get it, he was graceful, he was classy, but you look at that backhand and the wooden racket, and Del Potro's forehand would break the racket, so you know, I'm, I'm kind of sick of their argument on that, no, but still, I mean, the video itself is awesome, the entire event is beautiful, and you know, I had seats in section 230, so if anyone's listening to this and is at that event, come find me, I'll be there all weekend with Fliegner, and... You know, I get in there, and unfortunately I had to work in the morning, but I was able to catch the ending of dimitrov Tiafo, which was our first match of the day. That's a match Dimitrov ends up winning 6-1, 6-4. You know, you look at some of the stats from this match, Grigor really dominated. He makes 70% of his first serves versus 59% from Tiafo. 
88 win percentage on the first serve, 57 on the second serve for Dimitrov, for Tiafo, 69% on the first serve, which is pretty good, but only 30% on the second serve. That is rough. Um, my first reaction to the courts, you know, I think aesthetically it's a beautiful scene. I think the red and the blue of, you know, the two teams on top of the great court, it's a very nice contrast. Everyone sticks out very well, and, you know, you can see the ball quite clearly. The courts seem pretty slow. It seems like you can play any sort of style you want to on these courts, should be fun. I mean, obviously the first day there was a ton of good tennis, but just moving forward, you know, all of these guys, whether it's Isner and Kyrgios with the big serves, whether it's, you know, Djokovic just being Novak Djokovic, all of these guys are going to be able to show their best stuff. So that's good to see considering it was an impromptu court setup. Uh, but yeah, getting back to Tiafo Dimitrov, you know, Dimitrov just had too much in the end. Uh, he, he gets to the net eight times, uh, Tiafo only five. I mean, Dimitrov was really dictating the entire match. He goes up a break in the second set, and yet Tiafo breaks back to make it 4-all, but right away Grigor gets the break back again and breaks for 5-4, holds pretty easily for 6-4. Again, I didn't get to see much of that match, but from what I did see, it's just Tiafo really couldn't penetrate the court against Dimitrov. He was too quick. You know, when Dimitrov's firing, he is quite the shot maker, and he's also an incredible athlete. And it's funny, you guys should know, in the Labor Cup video, they have this clip of Djokovic, and he's explaining why he loves him. He's like, well, yeah, you've got Grigor now who's standing in a tux behind him. He's like, he's so handsome. You, you never get to see that on TV. And he was being sarcastic, of course, because Grigor is always handsome. And a little fun story for you listeners. I have an older brother, Eric, who is convinced he looks just like Grigor Dimitrov. And actually, they do sort of have the same cubish head. And they've got the same yeah. sort of hair. Eric's a little balder. But it's not, a, you know, if that's who you're getting comparisons to, you know, us Gruskins are good. self self-proclaimed <laughs> that's so. true he also tries to we'll serve give it to him. yeah he, he's got Grigor's looks and Monfils serves makes more money than us, so. <laughs> yeah I mean look yeah they're, they're, he's one of the sponsors he's on the board no I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> but yeah so I mean Grigor cruises puts Team Europe up 1-0 if you've read our preview on Crack Records and if you haven't read our Labor Cup preview go check that out but you know all five of us myself Rothman Stokowiak Jamie Gornett all kind of predicted Team Europe would cruise in the singles all weekend long and that was really the case yesterday, and I, you know, just fleeting your prediction. I think it's, I think everyone's predicting that. You just look at these rosters, and you know, it, it's going to be very tough for Team World. I should also say though, the format of this tournament: round one matches are worth one point. Day, or sorry, round one. I meant day one matches are worth one point. Day two matches two points. Day three matches three points. Obviously, that's in, to incentivize people coming to all three days to make sure it's still a match. No team runs out with a lead. Hint, hint. Team Europe. Uh, but that is something to monitor moving forward because you know as long as you could keep this within two. I mean, one match would swing it then on day two, right? So you, you never want to get swept on the first day. I think that was the key for Team World, and I think they knew that going in as well. So again, Dimitrov cruises pretty easily in that first match. In the second match, we had what was honestly through 19... Eh, I mean, through, let's see, 6-4, that's 10-12. Through the first 22 games, maybe the most more boring match I saw of the first day. That's Kyle Edmund versus Jack Sock. You know, you look at some of the stats from this match. Sock, nine aces and no double faults. He was serving well, I'll say that. He actually, I thought, played pretty well. If you haven't seen Jack Sock's forehand in person, you've got to go check it out. The thing is just unbelievable. I mean, so much rotation, so much explode. The ball is so explosive. I mean, it's just a really impressive shot. Now, you coughed in this mic. Back up. Uh, yeah, well, in my germs, I can uh, I can do what I want That's with it. True. But, uh, yeah, a quick self-call, but I actually watched Jack Sock a few years ago at Kalamazoo back when I was good. And uh, 
Yeah, I I agree. It's just it's impressive. It's it is elite. You yeah. know, you, you that's a word that gets thrown out too often, but you know, I saw a lot of forehands hit, and I have to say, socks just of everyone's there. You could in doubles, we'll get to this, but when he pegged Djokovic, and there's a video clip of Djokovic yeah. afterwards, and Fed's like, "This is why we don't play doubles." And Djokovic's <laughs> like, "I thought my heart stopped." I mean, the thing is ridiculous. If you give him a sitting ball, he's going to do damage with it. Now, I will say, of course, the one thing we all know about Jack Sock, his backhand's not very good, and you know, for Kyle Edmund. His backhand is very good. He just steps into every ball so well, is always taking balls early, always trying to redirect. Obviously, he knew the default play was to attack Sock on the ad side of the court, make him, at the very least, run all the way around and hit that forehand, and then Edmund had a ton of open court to work with. You know, in the first set, there were no breaks of serve until, you know, Sock was serving at 4-5. Sock gets broken. And then for, you know, in that second set, again, no breaks of serve until right at the end when Sock gets the break uh, at 6-5. I will say in this match, for the first time, at least of the day, the crowd started to come alive when Jack Sock started coming back. And, of course, Sock comes out in a Chicago Bulls jersey. Typical Jack Sock trying to work the crowd. But I'll say this. It was a heavily partisan Team World crowd. And look, McEnroe said it before the tournament. Everyone's saying it. They need to get this crowd active. They need to make it a raucous arena. And that was the case towards the end of the Jack Sock match. I mean, Sock, just the energy he played with, it's so frustrating, man. I mean, he's an enigma. Because sometimes, like, again, that three-game span, he's down 4-5, hold, break, hold for the set. He played so well. So smart, serving volleys, cuts off angles, uses his hands, the depth he's able to get on his forehand. He moves so explosively as well. A sneaky good mover for a guy who some people think is chubby. I'm not one of those people, but a lot of people do because he is a bigger guy, but he is so quick. And then he just played... I'm sorry for swearing, and you don't have to edit this one out, Fligner, but he just played the tiebreak. Like, he just played really, really bad. That was the big thing. And, you know, in a, in a third set in these matches, they're not playing full thirds. They're playing tiebreakers up to 10, obviously trying to shorten the format for these guys. And, yeah, I mean, a couple errors, and Sock was just done. Edmund played a solid breaker. Uh, the other thing I haven't mentioned so far, the benches. You know, for Team World, Kyrgios is doing more coaching than McEnroe. I mean, Kyrgios, has, he might have been standing the entire time. He's either got the worst case of ADD of anyone because the guy just could not sit still or he is just so into this. You can, And I, I think it's the latter. He just seems so enthused. He seems to embrace the team format so well. And I think he's the sock whisperer. I think they've got something going. And when they're in each other's minds, when they're, you know, playing together, they play their best tennis. Yeah, I mean, this is a debate for another time when we have more time, but I think those are the kinds of guys that would have, like, benefited from college tennis. I mean, if you look at their attitudes in the team environment, I mean, they're just so much more, I guess, focused and, like, they have more of a purpose. You know, I mean, like, use the word enigma, and that could definitely be applied to Kyrgios as well, and it just seems like this team environment kind of gets them going a bit. I completely agree with you. I think that's fair. I I would argue for Kyrgios, he was number one junior in the world, that he's won a junior slam. Yeah. At that point, you don't go to college, right? So that <laughs> that's, that's his thing. And then for Sock, back-to-back Kalamazoo's. I mean, you you make a good point, though. They both thrive yeah, yeah, really well. No, time, exactly. We'll say I, I agree with you. It's a debate it seems like we'll be having throughout their careers. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that's a fair point. But, again, these benches were so enthusiastic. My guy, Jeremy Chardy, 
who may not play this entire weekend like Verdasco didn't last year for Team Europe, he was loving it. I mean, he's standing, he's dancing, he's doing all these things. All these teams, they've got their celebrations, they've got everything. You know, Isner can't be more excited than when he's pumping up the crowd, which he seems to be doing it every minute. I mean, these guys are having fun, and it's exciting to see. I, I really enjoyed it. The one thing I did not like seeing on the bench an Alex Gruskin-esque fashion mistake from Federer. I believe he was wearing Sperry's and no socks. And I would do that, but I'm disgusted. Roger Federer's not allowed to do that. Maybe that's why he switched to Uniqlo. He's yeah, like, I, mean, I want to be were, a You were also in a fraternity. So. <laughs> that's true, but do you think Fed was in a fraternity? For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's in him and Warinka or whatever the big Swiss fraternity was. That's them. Yeah, the Grand Slam <laughs> champion fraternity, I suppose, is what we can call it. Uh, but yeah, you know, again, just some final thoughts on Edmund Sock. For Sock, you know, you look at this match summary in total, the big thing only wins 45% of his second serves for Edmund. He only wins 48% of his second serves. You know, both guys, Edmund wins 13, Sock wins 15 points at the net. It was a really even match. And when it's a third set breaker, it's going to come down to who executes better, you know, in those 16 points. And over the course of it, Edmund did. That's how he got the win. You know, and then, so we had a break. I'll tell you guys, during my break, I sent out a fun photo. It was me just lounging in the chair and joining a nice, I believe it was a Corona. I don't remember exactly what it was. Not because I was drinking too much, but just because I'm not a beer guy. But I enjoyed myself. You know, it's a, it was a beautiful day in Chicago, and the night session was getting ready to roll. And I'll say this, the attendance for a Friday, both for the day session and the night session, very impressive. Chicago has certainly on day one earned the right to have an event like this because they showed up, they were loud, they were uh, interacting with the players. It it was everything you hoped for from a crowd, so I was very impressed. Uh, You know, you talk about our last singles match of the day. In my opinion, the best singles match of the day, David Goffin versus Diego Schwartzman. Um, Again, I'm not going to get too into the weeds in the tennis we saw. We'll probably get more in depth. I'm I'm sure Rothman's going to see this and immediately send me a text. Dude, you recorded without me? Don't worry, Rothman. We'll have the chance to record. We'll we'll do a full-scale Labor Cup recap talking about our favorite matches of the tournament sometime next week. Uh, So we'll, we'll get more in depth then. But in terms of this match... I don't think anyone has been more embraced. And it's funny because, you know, Diego Schwartzman, Argentinian tennis player, obviously he's not Delpo, who was originally scheduled for this tournament, but still. Wasn't Tiafo his replacement? Yeah, but but I'm saying still. For uh, I was You're hearing murmurs in the crowd, and one thing I heard is, oh, I, I guess they said this Argentinian instead of Delpo. <laughs> and like, I want to be like, man, like, please. Oh, gosh. But instead, what I said was, uh, you know, not what I said, but what seemed to happen is the crowd just loved this guy. So scrappy. Just so intense. Uh... I mean, I he's mean, the kind of guy that embraces the crowd too. Would say we want our team. Oh, he's Ronnie Schneider if Ronnie was even better, though, right? What? He's Ronnie Schneider if Ronnie was a little better. <laughs> yeah. Like it's unbelievable, and it's funny because all the guys for Team World they're mocking the Schwartzman, not mocking, but playfully doing the Schwartzman backhand swing on the bench as he's going and. You know, they seem to, Isner seems to love Schwartz, and they have a special bond, and Isner's pumping up the crowd the entire time. And I mean, you know, they're down 2 0. Schwartzman gets an early break in the first set, uh, but then Goffin really dictated throughout the entirety of this match. And yet, Schwartzman comes out, plays an incredible second set, goes up 5 2, uh, gives one of the breaks back, but then ends up holding to send this match to a third set tiebreaker. Uh, actually has two match points, which Goffin fights off, and then Goffin ends up winning the third set breaker 
You know, I hate to say it. Schwartzman had two match points. Yeah, Schwartzman did have two. I hate to say it. I really think just Gofan was the better player in this one. I mean, he did more dictating. Schwartzman hit more miraculous on-the-run shots. But again, if your game is prefaced around hitting all, or, you know, predicated, sorry, not prefaced, predicated on hitting all these on-the-run incredible shots, you're probably in trouble. Yeah, exactly. And that was the, the case in this instance. But still, great singles match. Crowd really woke up. And then came the main event, and I'm sure Rothman will want to talk about this one in depth later on, but we had Jack Sock and Kevin Anderson taking out... First of all, if anyone ever calls them Fedkovic again, or <laughs> like, I was so angry. I heard people like, go Fedkovic! And I was like, stop it. Please, just stop it right now. And of course they didn't. And then, you know, for Kevin Anderson, obviously a University of Illinois product in the crowd, you got the I-L-L I-N-I, which... It was a great environment. This was the best environment, and it's funny because no matter where he goes, you know, he's in enemy territory, and it still feels like a home match for Roger Federer. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves him. That's why, again, go Fedkovic! I was like, oh, my God. Like, I do not know where we are. Like, this isn't Team Europe's home. Like, this is our time. And, of course, people are still loving him. I mean, in this match, again, Sock and Anderson win 6-7, 6-3, 10-6. I would say Sock and Anderson were the two best doubles players on the court. And for Anderson, that's a testament to him playing college tennis. I think at first, Djokovic and Federer tried attacking him. In fact, when uh, Anderson and Sock were, Sock was serving to stay in the first set at 5-6 down. And Anderson hits like three of the most incredible poach reaction volleys during that game because Djokovic and Federer were constantly attacking him. Obviously, you don't want to attack Sock. And I mean, Anderson hung. He was very good taking returns early. Obviously, his serve is massive. He moved forward. He wasn't afraid to hit overheads. He played us. Uh, they were the better doubles team. And for Djokovic, Dude, guy is not a doubles player. I was going to say. I'm sorry. He's just listen, not. I, you guys know I love the man, but... Dude, just just stick to singles. Like I, it's Well, it was fun to watch them play, and oh, yeah. they had their moments, but... They just weren't that clean of no, a double. Like, I hate to say it, but it, it, you could tell they, they didn't have the chemistry. Sock and Anderson were able to, you know, it was their first time playing together as well, but they seemed to be more, much more in sync just because they both seemed to understand the game of doubles a little bit better, what they want to do, you know, for Djokovic and Fed. Yeah, they just came up a little bit short. And again, we'll get into the weeds about what happened. We already mentioned this earlier. Djokovic gets pegged in the chest. It was amazing. <laughs> um, Federer gets hit in the booty right from a Djokovic backhand. And you could see a lot of the reactions on the on the big screen above the court after or in between points. And it was fun. Those got a lot of laughs as well. It was an excellent first day. I mean, this was the nightcap. I didn't leave till like 11, 11, 15. Uh, but it was well worth it because there's so much fun tennis throughout the day. But, okay, that's our quick day one recap, and I guess 18 and a half minutes, not so quick. Uh, but let's just very briefly today, I'm going to go through the matches. I want you to tell me what you're most excited for. Okay. We have Zverev Isner and Fed Kyrgios in the morning session, and then Djokovic Anderson and Dimitrov Gofan versus Sak Kyrgios. I'm excited for all of these. Yeah, There's absolutely. not a single match I'm not excited for. In fact, that's probably why we should hit the road. Yeah, well, I, I I can only imagine what's going through Kyrgios's head knowing he has to play Federer again. I'm sure he's sick of it. Um, but, look, he's going to be hungry. Um, I'm really excited for that match. We saw them play last year. Um, it was a nail-biter, to say the least. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure it was the clinching match for Team Europe. And so, it was. Yeah, so that's going to be... Uh, <laughs> 
I'm just afraid you're yeah, going to get you're... me sick. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I'll say this. For Zverev Isner, that's a Miami Masters final rematch. Uh, Obviously, Isner won that encounter, but Zverev has won their other four encounters. Again, Fed Kyrgios. Fed leads 3-1. <laughs> that's probably the one I'm most excited. I mean, how could you not be most excited for that? Yeah. Djokovic Anderson's going to be good oh, because the be crowd good. will be out for Anderson. And sometimes Djokovic can let a crowd get in his head. He I also like Anderson's chances indoors. Yeah, I think all of these things are fair. And I also think, you know, anytime you get to Sock and Kyrgios play dubs together, yeah. that's going to be fun. So it is going to be, an, you know, an action-packed day two. Uh, again, we will be providing these daily recaps. We're going to try and keep them on the shorter side for a more in-depth recap of the entire event. Listen for you know, listen to us next week. Also, as always, listen, rate, subscribe to this podcast as well as our other podcasts, the Cracked Interviews podcast. Uh, so many fun guests have been on there. Obviously, we've got a ton of great content for you as well on our website, CrackedRackets.com. But okay, with that, for our super producer, Max Fliegner in the background, who has a job to do. Ooh, See how I didn't wow. make you edit that one? You can throw a in there, though, yeah, if you I'll want. Yeah, I'll do it just for fun. <laughs> I am your host, Alex Gruskin. And Max, what do we say to our fans? Hey, great shot, Alex. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Oh, quick rant. How is Kiechnov not on Team World? That's, there's no way that can be a quick rant. Do you do you have Kachnov or Tiafo? Just real quick, who would you have quick? Oh, Kachnov. I'm it's, sorry. It's an interesting, that was actually a thought I had in my head, but okay. Oh, we, I, I, me too. Yeah, we will save that for next week. So again, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time.